impactful, but it's about circumstances. Um, because I, want just, I just want to let you know this. This is the most exciting time of my life. You know, people will come up and they'll say, oh, I'm just so sorry. I said, I'm not. I know God in ways that I have never been able to know him. I have been delivered of things that I never would have been delivered from. I know that God did not put any of this on me. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Through this, with my eyes on him, he is making me bigger than I ever could have been apart from this. And uh, so anyway, this is about circumstances. Before you yeah. read that, can I? I'd like to say something. Okay. No. <laughs> I just sat back and listened to Cindy. I just, I'm in awe. It's amazing, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's funny about circumstances because we all have them coming into our life. But how we react to circumstance and how we handle circumstances usually is very different from the way that God wants us to. And we, we, have, we have a circumstance that comes into our life. We had this circumstance that came into our life. And uh, initially, it's, it's, it's like you, you're trying to figure out how can I get past this circumstance? How can I get past? And so you're trying in your own way, out of your own soul, out of your own flesh, out of your own reasoning, to try to figure out how am I going to get past this? And uh, it never works, does it? How many of us can testify that that doesn't work very well? at all and we're you know it really is this uh last six to eight months because i didn't i didn't know anything until about january i knew that cindy wasn't feeling well but we just thought it was just kind of like a flu you know i knew she was having problems breathing and i just thought maybe she had a little bit of pneumonia or something like that had no idea, I had no idea that she had this huge mass on the left side of her body and her lungs were being, her lungs cavity was being filled with fluid and she couldn't breathe. Didn't know that, you know. But I want to tell you, the Lord has been so good in helping us and teaching us how to, how to handle these circumstances. And I, I want to tell you, because this is just God. When you face a circumstance like death, you know, initially we got a report from a radiologist who he, he got the report back on, on Cindy's condition, and he just, he, he misread the report. And he says, oh, he says, well, you have cancer, but it's not You've got a good one, you know. And uh, he says it's, it's very treatable. It's very slow growing, that type of thing. So I was like, well, okay. Because God had showed me, even though we had prayed, God showed me, Doug, your, your circumstance is cancer. But don't worry about it. I'm bigger than that. I'm greater than the circumstance of cancer, you know, if you rest in me. If you just keep yourself in me, I'm so much bigger. And uh, how many circumstances do we allow to overwhelm us with fear or things like that? And so when we went to, with our oncologist, our precious Indian Hindu 
oncologist, Dr. Chaudre, he sat down and, and we we're having our first meeting with him. And he says, well, and he starts telling us what the report says. And, you know, it's, it's sounding a whole lot worse than what this other doctor told us. And we're like, well, isn't this a slow-growing cancer? And he says, oh, no, no, it's, it's very quick. It's, it's very quick. It's very difficult. It's very, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful cancer. And he said, you're at stage four. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we sat there, but you know, God had already begun to do a work in us. We sat there, and we just said, okay. And there was no fear. Just peace, peace, peace. Because we, God was in control. I wasn't in control to try to figure this out, to try to make it right. God was in control. And nothing but peace flooded me. Because I knew what he was saying. And the news was not good. Not good for Cindy. And then he starts talking about all the chemo drugs that she's going to be on, what it's going to do to her, and how it's going to devastate her. She looks pretty devastated, doesn't she? <laughs> you know, after 12 weeks. And, uh, and so from the moment when Cindy told me, of course, I had to get past the thing, you've known for how long? Why didn't you tell me? And at first it didn't make sense. See, God's ways many times do not make sense, do they? They don't. But, you know, he has a way. <laughs> He has a way of deliverance. He has a way of freedom. He has an amazing way. And so, because Cindy had been in his presence for probably four months, at least, of just laughing. and I mean, there was no fear within this woman. I mean, there's nothing. I'd never seen her like that before. You know, and when she said, honey, God's got this, I was like, Oh, okay, you know that, but, uh, and I couldn't get past why, why didn't you tell me, why didn't you tell me, you should have told me, I should have known, you know, and, uh, and I sat down with Cindy and I said, baby, please explain to me, and she did, and she explained, she shared the scriptures that she shared with you, and all of a sudden, because, see, God had established such a peace within her because of the communion that they've been having, and it just flowed out of her. So as she begins to tell me, all of a sudden, things are changing instantaneously on the inside of me. I can't tell you. And all of a sudden, all the fear that I have inside, it's like, okay, God, I know that you've healed people, of cancer, but this is us. And it feels different. It's a lot easier to pray for people. A lot easier to share testimonies of people. But this is us, God. And you know, as Cindy shared, in the, out of the, the place of communion she had had with the Lord in this, 
it just began to baptize me. Begin to baptize me. And I sat there on the couch with her. And I said, and she said, something like, honey, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, I think I am. And from that moment, there's not been a moment of fear. Because I say, Lord, I, 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 want, I want to handle this circumstance just being in you. Not apart from you, God. Now, one thing I prayed, I know you're going to, you need to read this. One thing I, I prayed, because I would come down. See, Cindy looked pretty terrible before the chemo. Y'all didn't see her. Some of them did. Some, some did. She looked pretty terrible, didn't she? I mean, she really was weak. She was, uh, was on oxygen. She was on her oxygen. She couldn't hardly breathe. She couldn't hardly talk. She had this kind of this grayish look to her. And she looked, when I, when I would come down in the mornings, she would be already be up. And I would look at her and I'd go, oh, Lord. Because I, I couldn't see her healed. I hoped that she would be healed. And I wanted to believe that she would be healed. But I couldn't see her healed. See, that's, those are all different things. Because faith is the things that are not yet, but we see them as they are. And so I began to pray. I said, Lord, you got to help me. I've got to be able to, whenever I look at Cindy, I've got to see her healed. I've got to see her. I've got to see the end product. I've got to see what it is in you already in you. It's been established in you, Father. I've got to see that. So God, you got to help me. And I, I can't, it was almost like the next day that when I saw her, she looked different. She looked better. And I began to realize that the Lord was enabling me. And I, it was something that I needed to speak, like Rife often tells and speaks about what we say. And I needed to begin to say, baby, you look great today. You are being healed. It's happening. It's being manifested over you, you know. So, but then... God shows Cindy this powerful thing about circumstances and how we handle circumstance. So I was, uh, so I would walk through these doors, but this time when I walked through the door, I found myself riding on a fast-moving cart. Um, it was real rickety, but boy, it could move very fast. Um, it was bouncing and throwing me every which way. But I was holding on to these reins that weren't attached to anything but the cart. But I was holding white knuckle holding them. I would not let go of them. And I couldn't release the reins because I was fearful that I would crash. But it was inevitable because I really didn't have any control. The control was an illusion. It see, I seem to, the, the, the cart seemed to be on a path, but it's very clear that the path dead ends, and I was in trouble, and as I hit the end, I'm tossed onto my head. I tumble, scraping and bruising myself and others as I go, and as soon as I feel that I'm slowing down, I find myself on another cart, and I'm holding these reins that lead to nowhere trying to control this thing. So I yelled out, help. 
And at first, I can't see Jesus, I can't see Papa, and I can't see Holy Spirit. But I heard this voice very gently say, focus. And it was flowing in me and surrounding me, and then I heard, it say, I heard him say, breathe. And so I just started concentrating on my breathing, and I realized that I'm totally surrounded by Trinity. Totally surrounded. I, I couldn't see them, but I, they were totally surrounding me. And this is what he, they said to me. You become very focused on circumstances, and you lose sight of us. When that happens, your circumstances become a vehicle that controls your movement. Even calling out to us in this time is late. We'll always be with you. We'll never leave you. But you still can be thrown for a loop. Because your circumstances are governing your actions and emotions. We will always stay with you during all that you experience. But the ultimate goal is for you to be able to govern your circumstances. When you are the vehicle and you carry your circumstances, then you determine the path you take and the speed at which you travel. In me, you live, move, and have your being. Your circumstances become a tool in my hand, and you can properly discern the size and power of each one when you're looking at it in my hand. But they have a tendency to take on the size and power you give them. They're fueled by fear, and the more fear they produce, the faster and bigger they become. They're always ravenous for your agreement. Your soul will agree easily to voices that are familiar we are trying to teach you to distinguish our voice from voices that are contrary to heaven. They said it's familiar, not easy to believe the contrary voices. When you do, you find yourself a captive to another circumstance that has you on a contrary path. So he showed me this as I'm learning about what I'm fixing to walk through. And so I'm like, okay, God, I want to be at the right place in this circumstance. I don't want to find myself on this runaway cart that I'm trying to control, but I actually have no control over. So, Lord, what do I do? And during that time, he said, the thing about circumstances are they always carry three things from heaven. They carry promises, they carry provision, and they carry upgrades for you. He said, but if you're not careful, you'll get your eyes on the circumstance and you'll miss what I've hidden in there for you. And so I said, okay. I said, so I want to make sure I'm standing at the right place with you in the midst of this, Lord. I said, what are your promises in the midst of this, he said, good question. He said, well, one, healing. 
He said, because I had been praying for the Lord to show me divine help. I'd been asking him. I said, Lord, I want to know what that looks like, divine help. And he said, well, he said, there's always a price to pay for that type of revelation. Are you willing to pay the price? And I said, well, maybe not. But right now, if I don't know, yeah, I'll say yes. (laughs) I'll just say yes and we'll go. And then you just help me through. So he said, okay. He said, well, then you're going to enter into some circumstances where I have to be able to show you what divine help looks like. So I'm in a circumstance right now where I'm looking divine health right in his beautiful eyes. And, And he just keeps saying, keep following me. I paid the price for you. I've already done it. You don't have to carry what I've already carried. You know, so I just keep reminding my body, body, Jesus already carried this. He put it in the grave, and he didn't take it out of the grave. I am done with digging up the the old. I'm done with carrying the old. I don't want to carry what he's already carried. And and he said, "And, and there's a promise of unity with me. And I said, oh, I love that. I love that promise. Because, Lord, I know I'm with you, and I know you're with me, but I know how easy it is for me to run ahead of you or to forget that we're together and, you know, and sometimes I just miss things. And God said, well, I'm, I'm always with you. I'm always with you. He said, but I'll give you that revelation that I'm always with you. And I said, well, what about some provision? He said, well, this is what I want you to do. He said, provision is hearing my voice in the midst of a circumstance and doing the things that I give you to do. He said, and that's it. That's all you're responsible for is what I've told you. And he said, what have I told you? And I said, you told me to laugh and rest. He said, very good. He said, if anybody else tells you something different, you tell them, thank you very much. I already know what the Lord's told me to do during this time. And then he told me, he said, there's one other thing I want you to do. He said, I want you to do whatever the doctor tells you to do. I said, are you kidding me? I said, wait a minute. (laughs) I said, because he's going to tell me to do chemo, and you know how I feel about chemo. I don't like chemo. I've read too many things about it. And the Lord said, that's the issue. He said, you have read a lot of facts about chemo. He said, but as a a child of God, he said, when you repeat the facts, he said, you are cursing something that I want to bless. And he said, I don't want you to look at facts and to come into agreement with facts. He said, I want you to come into agreement with truth. He said, didn't I say to bless and curse not? He said, now if you will start blessing chemotherapy, he said, then I will make it a blessing to you and a blessing to everybody who uses it from now on. And so I said, I'll do that, God. I'll be glad to do that because he said, because, you know, there are some of my babies who that's the only course of action they have. He said, and when you curse it, he said, that doesn't leave them with much. 
He said, but the things that come from your mouth, he said, it's not what goes into your body that affects your body. He said, it's the words that come out of your mouth and what you say about it. He said, stop cursing what I mean to bless. And so Doug and I have been doing that. I mean, we will get in the car every Wednesday. We're doing it all week long. But on Wednesdays, we start speaking life and blessing. Lord, it's like, it's like rivers of life flowing in people's veins. Lord, it is going right to the problem area, and it is just producing more life than that person can handle. Lord, every side effect is being cursed right now and Lord it's producing more hair it's producing more appetite it's producing life and good things and you know when I first started it was like I was very nauseous and I said well Lord you told me to do this why am I experiencing this and he said you know it takes a little bit to turn a cursing a curse into a blessing he said you have to change the atmosphere with your words and he said, as long as you're blessing, he said, then it has to bow to that. The curses have to bow. And so slowly but surely, we saw everything that they wrote that this is a side effect. We saw it turn around with me. And we're hearing it with other people that are there. We're hearing, yeah, I'm seeing that too. Every Wednesday we, we, when we go in, amen, amen, praise God. Every Wednesday when we go there, uh, uh, we go. Well, Cindy is receiving chemo. She's praying for everybody in the room, and I'm going around praying for people. And uh, you know, somebody we we prayed for a, a beautiful uh, lady that sat right next to us, and her daughter was with us this past time. And uh, Letitia, was that her name? Veronica. Veronica that was close. Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that anointing, Joan, <laughs> Janet, and so, um, so she was right next to us, and she had been diagnosed with lung cancer and pancreatic cancer, and you could tell, you could, you just could tell that the fear that was there on her, although she had been, you know trusting God, whatever. And so we began to talk with her and pray with her and pray with her daughter. And it was just amazing that just the, 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 the presence of God filled that place. And she just, I mean, she just got so restful and so peaceful. I want to tell you, you know, like Cindy said, in, in the midst of the circumstances, your provision. The thing about it, on your journey, God has already gone to that place where the circumstance was going to be. And he's already prepared a promise and a provision and an upgrade for you. He's not saying, well, if you, if you believe hard enough, it'll come. It's already there. It's already there. It really is. Every circumstance. It's, it's, it's the thing, like I said, he's saying, it's the thing. It seems like fear is the biggest thing that God has to, we have to give up. We have to give up. You know, Joshua chapter 1, Joshua was on a journey, and good journey. Moses was doing a great job. And Joshua was the commander of the forces, and Moses would pray, and Joshua would go out and defeat the enemy, and, 
You know, it was good, good stuff. But his journey changed. Moses died. And if you begin to read the first chapter of Joshua there, begin to realize that there is one issue that God is dealing with. It's fear. One issue that God is dealing with in Joshua's circumstance was fear. He speaks to him, I think, six or seven times in about the first 20 verses, be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. And he tells them one thing to do. And this is really important because really it's the same thing that God told Cindy in telling us. He says, listen to what I say. And he told Joshua, he says, I want you to meditate upon the words that I have spoken through the law. I want you to meditate on the words that I speak to you, Joshua. He says, if you meditate on these things on a daily basis and you mold them over and you speak them over yourself, he said, you will prosper and you will have success in wherever and whatever you do. And God, God told Joshua, he said, you need to know, Joshua, I'm with you always. I'm with you always. God is so good. He is. So good. I've known that, but boy, I'm experiencing it now. Every time we go in and we meet with the doctor, he's astounded. He's, he stands there with his jaw open, his mouth open. He says, I can't believe how good you look. And he says, I, I, and he keeps telling us, this wonderful little Hindu doctor keeps telling us, it's your faith. It's your faith, Cindy. I know it's your faith. I've never met anyone like you before. It's your faith. Because I know people that have the same thing that you're going through, and they don't act like you. And they're, not <laughs> and they're not having the results like you're having right now. I know it's your faith. And your faith is touching me. And your faith is inspiring me. And so, I mean, it's just really is amazing. There, I was talking with Bill Bennett. Baby, is there something else you want? No, I'm good. Go. <laughs> we, we still have to have communion, guys. Everybody okay? All right, all right. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, I was talking with Bill Bennett yesterday on the phone. And Bill had called me, and we had to call each other back and forth before we finally got a hold of each other. Many of you know that we had prayed for, we had prayed for Bill and Connie because their son Adam, was that Adam, Nicole? Adam had, was diagnosed with cancer, lymphoma. And uh, a young man, and uh, it was bad, really pretty severe. And, and Bill basically, he, uh, he took the next six months and was there just with his son. Uh, you know, he was leading the church in South Africa, but he put it in someone else's hand, and he was just there with Adam. And Adam's been totally healed, 100% healed. Amen. Amazing, amazing. Very similar, Did, had very few side effects, had lost a little bit of his hair, but not all of it. And, uh, but just the same things that we're experiencing, Adam went through because Bill, like us, we, 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 you know, we, we rest in the same God. And he said, Doug, I want to share something with you out of the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. 
And it's the chapter where God says, if you'll follow me and if you'll, if you'll hear my voice and obey my voice, these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. So it's really cool. And so in verse 7, of all these blessings, you're blessed when you go in, you're blessed when you go out. He says, on all these blessings in verse 2, come upon you and it will overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. So the key in all of that, we, that we've been going through, obeying what God speaks to us, listening and just receiving and obeying what God is speaking to us. You know, and grateful for people. They may have a different view on it, but this is God's view. And in verse 7, he says, And the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way. Listen to this now. They shall come out against you one way. Now, when we, when we turned that corner on our journey this past year, and cancer was there, I mean, it, it just, like my sister, it slapped us in the face. <laughs> just, Kathy, I do forgive you, honey. I do forgive you. <laughs> and it just, it nailed us. But this is what he says. He says, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, and they shall flee before you seven ways. One of the things that we have found in this, that it's important to celebrate your victory. Every victory. Bill said, Doug, he said, I got a revelation on that verse. That the enemy comes, he only knows one way to come against you. But God says he's going to be defeated, and then when he flees, he flees in seven different ways. There are going to be seven different victories that you're going to experience out of this moment. He, said, he says it's amazing the victories that we celebrated, not just the healing of our son, but so many other things that were seven different victories. He says, so he says, you begin to, Begin to watch and claim your seven victories. So I want to tell you today, if the enemy has come against you in whatever way it may be, maybe within your family, within your finances, within your health, within your job, your employment, whatever it may be, that he's come against you and he comes and he has come at you with everything that he's got and he has slapped you in the face, God says, if you listen to me, and obey my voice. He says, they will be defeated before your face. Yes. And as they have come in one way, begin to count seven victories because they're going out seven different ways. So we're, 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 we're celebrating victories every day, no matter what it is. You know, they say that the day after your chemo is the worst day. How many in here have anybody received, have received chemo? They say that usually the day or so after is your worst day, right? You feel the worst. You're the weakest, whatever. We, we have found that Cindy is stronger the day after her chemo. She, she says, I, 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 
So tell me, she said, she said I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. I am so strong. And she's cleaning the house and she's doing this or that. And I'm trying to say, baby, maybe you need to settle down a little bit, sweetheart. And she said, no, I, I feel great. I feel great, honey. And so that's a victory. And we're celebrating that victory, man. I'm celebrating a clean house. Praise God. <laughs> I haven't gone that kidding. far yet. I'm just no. <laughs> but, you know, everything is happening because we're in him. We're in him. Oh. We're in him. We're going to celebrate right now. We're going to celebrate with communion. Amen. Uh, yeah, let me share this about communion, too, yeah, because... One of the things that, that I would do, especially when I was very nauseous, is, um, you know, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't eat anything. And the Lord said, just, he said, don't think of it as food. Think of it as my body and my blood. And he said, because every time you, he said, when I said in the word, every time you eat this, remember me. He said, I wasn't just talking about a ritual that you do on Sunday. He said, I was talking about everything you do. Remember what I did for you, everything you do. And so what I started doing is before I'd put anything in my mouth, I'd say, Jesus, this is your body and your blood. And it, it is changing my DNA. Yeah. As it goes in me, it's changing my DNA. It's changing everything about me. Lord, I have the DNA of heaven that runs through my veins. It runs through my, my body. Lord, and, and you know, it's like I could see the difference. I really saw the difference in doing that. And so we come in here and we get a little thing of grape juice and a little piece of bread. But I tell you, I do communion every time I put something in my mouth. Amen. That's communion to me. Amen. Because I'm going, Jesus, we are in unity. We are one. You are in me and I'm in you. Amen. You Amen. know, so um, so when while we're doing communion, you want to talk to them about just bringing up circumstances. Yeah, yeah. You know what I want us to do today. Let's all stand up, okay? What I want us to do. We usually come up here, and go back to your seats. I don't want you to go back to your seats. I just want us. We can move the seats back a little bit, and let's all just stand up here together, okay? <laughs> 